Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Very cold Jason Shear. And... <laughs> Utah has no idea how cold it is here. No, it's it was colder today where, than Chicago. It hit 60 degrees, Shelby. And we were at work today, and my coworker, Alex, said it's colder in Tucson than Chicago. I guess we're the Windy City. And I just didn't even think because I was at work, and I just was like, yeah, but without all the murder. <laughs> I was like... Well, thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs> Once again, this has been the wild. That's how cold part. it was. Anyway... We're we're pushing through to deliver this podcast for I'm you. I'm a survivor for Not football. Because oh, uh, Arizona plays Utah this Saturday at Utah. Utah fans love me. The, I I think that they do not love like Jason. Oh, Jason Shear. Oh no, like bread and butter. Do you think Beller. it's more UCLA fans hate you or Utah fans? I think Utah fans. It's not even close. It's like vitriolic. Yeah, that's a good word. It's probably because they can't read. Well, you know, they're busy. They're busy. Busy uh, being freezing. Whatever. Isn't it supposed to be like snowing when Arizona? No, it's supposed to melt. It'll be pretty cold. Hard edge, Shelby. Yeah. Whatever. Well, um, because we did have a basketball podcast this week, uh, we are combining the football podcast. We did have some comments today, like, "Where's the football podcast?" So we're here and we're doing this for you. Um, So we're gonna start now. Are you ready? I was born ready. To talk about Arizona yes. football. <laughs> this is the voice I'm going with for the rest. It's not creepy at all. Okay. Welcome to the Wildcat. You sound like the ghost host in the Haunted Mansion. Shout out to Michael Luke. I can't say what it is, but I like when I get texts with good news. Let's see if Michael Luke calls during the podcast like he usually does. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Arizona goes on the road where it hasn't had much success this season. Meanwhile, just how good is Utah at home? Now, to be fair to Arizona, road wins in the Pac-12 are not plentiful. They're hard. It's hard to do. Um, And, you know, Arizona played relatively well on the road against Washington. Uh, I like to pretend like the game at California never happened. But overall, you know, Arizona played, again, Arizona played well on the road at UW and and so on. Now, the issue is that they go to Utah, where Utah does not really lose. So, from 1998 to present, rice Eccles Stadium, Utah has only lost 36 games while winning 110. Uh, Kyle Whittingham is 82-25 and 25 at home. They've gone undefeated four times at home. They've also, Shelby, 
won 23 of their last 24 home games. This doesn't sound good. No, including a streak of 12 in a row. So, uh, and that's the second longest streak of the Winningham era. So, no, uh, in it, I don't know what I just had a brain fart. In addition to it being difficult to win on the road, Utah is arguably the most difficult place to win on the road in the conference. Mix in some cold weather, mix in the fact that Arizona's defense isn't very good. And it is... Uh, it is a recipe for success. It's it's basically going to be a, in my opinion, a uh, a major update. Update. Upset. Should, <laughs> Are you having a stroke? I am so drunk right now. <laughs> uh, a major upset should Arizona be able to pull this off. Okay. Um, well, Utah's offense is dynamic in that it can be explosive or grinded out. Where does it rank in offenses Arizona has seen this season? Women have also described me as some... Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Third, I'm also some I could be explosive or I could grind it out. Whatever... This cold weather is making you crazy. You're in the mood for. So, through eight games, Utah is fifth in the Pac-12 and 16th in the country in scoring offense. They average 38.3 points per game. Which is crazy when you consider that they hold the ball for a long time as well. 33 minutes a game, um, which is 12th in the country, number one in the Pac-12. So basically what they do is they hold the ball as long as they want, and it leads to touchdowns. And they so do you what have they want. limited time to come back. Uh, they're also ranked fourth in the entire country and second in the conference in sacks allowed, less than one per game. 11th nationally and fourth in the conference in team passing efficiency. Hold on, Shelby. I'm still going. Uh, they have five games with over 440 yards of total offense and 5-0 and when they outgame their opponents. They're averaging over 450 yards of total offense per game, converting 49% of their third downs, which is the fourth best mark in the Pac-12 this season, and 18th nationally. Um, I would say that up until this point, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Washington's offense is explosive, but different. And Utah, to this point, I don't know. I was going to say Utah's probably the most explosive, but Arizona's faced USC and Oregon. Like, Utah well, is really good, but when you look at the Pac-12, there's just really good offenses. Um, you can make the case. It's always the argument that's been going on forever. Is it really good offenses or really bad defenses or a mixture? But look, all I know is Arizona has faced Oregon, USC, and Washington, and now Utah, there's some really good offenses, and in, in Utah's a little more unique because they could probably line up and pro personnel looking like North Dakota State, except they're explosive in that as opposed to just eating clock. So they're they're able to eat clock and dominate you offensively, As and if they want, they can just go quick strike and beat you that way as well. They can do whatever they want, Shelby. Mm. And against Arizona's defense, they probably are going to do whatever they want. Unless... They get really cold and, and they can't move, right? One shining moment. <laughs> uh, Cam Rising is one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, which is saying a lot in a conference that is loaded with good quarterbacks. He good, Shell. He rolled. Judd loads. Fish offered him while he was at Michigan. Judd Fish offered him at UCLA. Judd Fish would have offered him at Arizona. Uh, Judd Fish loves his Cam Rising. Uh, he is first in the Pac-12 and fifth nationally in ESPN's quarterback rating. They do it a little differently. He's fourth in the Pac-12 in passing. passing. I, I cannot speak. It's okay. He is fourth in the Pac-12 in passing efficiency, 
third in completion percentage at 68%, 24th in the nation in touchdown to interception ratio in his career, nearly four touchdowns for every interception, which is ridiculous. Uh, he opened this season by having four straight 200-yard passing games. That was the first time that a Utah quarterback has done that since 2013. He has 12 games in his careers with multiple touchdowns. He has five of those this season. He has five games with three touchdown passes in one game with four in his career. It's it's what makes him dangerous is his ability to get out of the pocket and just make throws. He, he's willing to take risks that other quarterbacks aren't willing to take, but he does it in an effective way. Like he's just not throwing the ball up there and saying, I hope my guys go get it. He is able, he's, I'm trying to say, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, if not the country, at knowing his angles and playing them effectively. He does a very good job deciphering the angles in terms of offensive guys to defensive guys. And yeah, I mean, he's a stud. And the problem is like you could play Utah and try to shut down their run game and even be successful. And you still have Cam rising and his offensive line is giving him a ton of time. And, you know, it's similar to, to Caleb Williams at USC when you have an offensive line that's giving a dynamic quarterback time. You're, you're beaten from the get-go. It's just a matter of you got to try to get a turnover, confuse them, strip, whatever. You got to get to Cam Rising. I mean, it's the same thing we said with Caleb Williams and USC. And Arizona got to him a few times, but wasn't able to sack him because of his ability to avoid sacks. And, and Rising is similar, but you cannot just sit back in a zone and, and assume that Cam Rising is going to make the wrong read because that's just not what he's going to do. He is really good. He knows angles. He'll make you pay. He's not going for the kill every time. He's willing to go shorter and all that. Um, he is a, a very, very good quarterback. Exciting. Other than that, he sucks. Yeah. Okay. Well, you expect Cam Rising to play, but what about other possible injuries? Yeah, so Kyle Whittingham, um, by the way, I'm going a little rain here. Let's so, do it. If you remember last week's game against Washington State, Kyle Whittingham did not tell FS1 that Cam Rising was injured. And the game started, and they had Cam Rising graphics and all that. Well, that's kind of crappy. Hold on. Let me get to why it's not crappy. Oh. And, you know, Petros was complaining, and I get it from, you know, they're frustrated. Here's the deal, Shelby. Mm -hmm. Here's why this is not a Utah issue. Mm -hmm. FS1 does not send Petros' crew, and most of the times, to the actual game. So Petros and his crew weren't at the game. They were in the studio doing the game. Mm. So you're basically, if you're FS1, and you find out that Cam Rising, Utah didn't know until game time, pretty much. You're expecting Kyle Whittingham to tell the SID five minutes before the game to call FS1 in their studio, as opposed to if you're in the stadium, you just have a guy walk down the hallway and tell him. Like, that's not your worry. Your worry is that the game is starting in five minutes. And so, it, in a way, it's like, if you want that up-to-date information, you should go to games. Like, you need to be at this, like, you know. Yeah. yeah and, but so, that, but by that's the way, not that, Petros. Oh, I was right. Michael Luke just called. <laughs> uh, <laughs> interruption by Michael Luke as but usual. It's not Petros' fault. I never said it was Petros' fault. But what I'm saying is... FS1's um, lazy. It's, it, it's, it's lazy. It's, it's more money. If you want to pay Urban Meyer, um, you know, whatever a billion dollars and you needed the money to come from somewhere. But what it is more is the fact, like if you want that top notch service and you want certain things, you can't expect people to just get on the phone and call you and, and put up to the side, you know, other priorities and stuff. It's, 
it's difficult. So, with that being said, we don't know who's playing for Utah. I know Cam Rising's playing. Um, I think Whittingham is the type of guy that he probably thinks that he could give guys a, a little bit of a rest and, and still beat Arizona, similar to last year. But um, Cam Rising, I totally expect to play. Dalton Kincaid is probably the biggest one. Complete, just stud. Leads Utah in receptions with 46. Um, and, you know, he's 17 of those 46 are for 15 yards or longer. Uh, Rising has passed for 89 first downs. 25 of them are for Kincaid. Six of Rising's 15 touchdowns this season to Kincaid. Uh, four of the six touchdown passes in the last four games to Kincaid. I mean, USC, he had 16 catches on 16 targets for 234 yards. Wow. So he is the big one. If he can't play, it does change their offense. Obviously, he's really good. Um, Utah has 40 tight ends on the roster, it feels like. But he's he's the big one. Micah Bernard um, was questionable going into the game against Washington State, played a little bit, was mostly used as a blocker. We're not sure of his status, but it's not as if Utah can't run without him. Freshman Jalen Glover had 20 carries for 76 yards against Wazoo. Freshman Jaquindon Jackson is also capable. By the way, that's how good Utah is. Their replacements are two true freshmen. I mean, it's just like they reload at every freaking position. But uh, Bernard and Kincaid are are the big ones. Um, they also have a safety out because of targeting, but um, you know, RJ is really good, but they, they should be fine there. It's only for a half. Um, but, uh, you know, Kincaid's probably the, the biggest one. I think Arizona breathes a little bit easier if Kincaid doesn't play. But again, it's not like Utah doesn't have weapons on offense. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay um utah's defense moving on to the other side of the ball 
is solid as always. What makes that unit so good all the time? I think Utah is a perfect example of consistency. You know, a lot of times throughout the country, we see coordinators come and go. Um, but Morgan Scally, who's going to be the next head coach of Utah, the fact that he's been there for so long, that these kids know the system, the system doesn't change. They, they go from freshman to senior playing the same system. That is extremely valuable. Um, to date this season, Utah's allowing 339 yards per game. It's the best in the conference, top 30 in the nation. They've had four performances holding opponents under 270 yards. Um, statistically speaking, now passing efficiency, they're 75th in the nation, but they only allow 209 yards per game. Uh, just two passing touchdowns in the first five games of the season. They average three three and outs per game, which is dangerous because when you average three three and outs and your time of possession is, you know, top 10 in the country, you're putting the opposition at a major disadvantage. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned Morgan Scally. In five of his previous six seasons, Utah's in the top three in the conference in both total defense and scoring defense. And then once again, uh, total defense, they lead the conference and they're second in scoring defense at 21.6 points per game. Uh, they've allowed only 136 first downs, fewest in the conference, 12th in the nation. Third down conversion rate, 34%, 33% for opponents on fourth down, top two in the conference. Everything they do defensively is just super disciplined, super aggressive, and, and they're just solid. That's the best way I can explain them. They're just, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They play their best football on crucial downs. They take away your strengths. Are there weaknesses at time? Yeah, I mean, UCLA and USC, they didn't play great, but... You know, we saw what they did against Wazoo where they didn't have Cam Rising and they basically took it to Washington State. Um, that's just, they're, they're successful. They take away your strengths. And it, it's, it's going to be a very interesting matchup against Arizona because Arizona has multiple wide receivers and it's going to have to throw the ball. I don't think they're going to be able to run very successfully, but uh, we're going to see. Because again, Utah's pass efficiency defense hasn't been outstanding, but the yardage, the turnovers, the touchdowns and all that um, is still very, very good. Okay. I assume the defensive line is scary as always. Yeah, they've really come on as of late. It didn't start that great. Uh, you're going to like the name Van Fillinger. That's yeah, his name. Yeah, good. Van Vaughn. He leads the team with five sacks on the season. They have Reed, a green Reed, close behind at three and a half sacks of zone. Uh, Fillinger was at five and a half last season, led all freshmen in the Pac-12. Again, young player, Utah making an impact. He has 10 and a half sacks in 27 games. Um, that's fifth active in Pac-12 players. Uh, he had 21 in a, the defensive line this season has 21 and a half tackles for loss. The team as a whole is 49, 21 and a half come from the defensive line. They're averaging six and a half tackles for loss per game. The fourth highest in the conference. They rank fifth in the conference in sacks per game at a little over two. And again, Morgan Scali, they're top three in the Pac-12 in sacks and tackles for loss three times under him. They have depth, they have size, they have speed. Yes, they've been a little more inconsistent than usual this season, but you still look at Utah and go, man, they, they've got some monsters on that side of the ball. Wow. All right. This is, uh, this is not sounding promising for Arizona. Uh, Clark Phillips is headed to the NFL after this season. Are you excited to see the matchup against whoever he covers? Yeah, I'm really curious to see. Cowings in the slot, so he won't be on him. So it'll be T-Mac or Dorian Singer. Um, it'll be the best corner they face. And what's weird about Clark Phillips is he's actually, teams have targeted him quite a bit, and, he, and he's allowed completions 
this season, but he's still really good. Um, I don't know if I broke news. He's going to the NFL after this season. Uh, I'm pretty sure based on something I heard yesterday. But uh, his five interceptions this season. Spoiler alert. His five interceptions this season are tied for the national lead. He owns eight in his career. Uh, his yardage off returns is fifth most in school history already. Uh, he has four pick sixes, tying for the most pick sixes in program history. And he's uh, one of the well, two active Power 5 players with four or more career pick sixes. The other guy, believe it or not, Arizona faced Emmanuel Forbes on Mississippi State. Um, he was all second team all-conference last season by the AP and Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. And, and, I, and I'm really excited. It's, it's interesting. He's not the biggest guy, but he's physical. He's good. He's fast. He knows his angles and all that. Really curious to see uh, who he covers. So, yeah, Utah's really good, Joe. Yeah, they are. Um, are there more questions? No. We're done? We're done. Done. So, basically, Jason, who is going to win this game? Yeah, I just, it's a, you know, it's interesting because, like, I'm not sure it's that much of a worse matchup than USC was, and Arizona was able to score on USC. The problem is that I, I think Whittingham is such a good coach, man, that he's not going to lose this game. That they're going to not be looking ahead. The injuries aren't going to matter. Um, it's it's going to be kind of, you know, the, the type of game where uh, Witt, Witt will know what to do, you know, to put them in a position. And, you know, if, if that Oregon game was next week, maybe I could see it, but they have Stanford and they're sure shit not looking ahead. To Stanford uh, with the Arizona game, but it's just the weather, the fact that Arizona wants to throw. If the weather's that bad and they got to run the ball, you're clearly giving the advantage to Utah. Um, you know, it, it feels like one of these games where Arizona's going to get down early, the crowd's going to be rocking. If Arizona can avoid that, maybe the game becomes a little more interesting than it should be. But, um, you know, if, if Arizona keeps this within two touchdowns, it feels like, sort of like a victory, to be honest. Yeah. I'm actually going to break my tradition yeah you're only gonna I, pick arizona by 20 i as a running joke have always picked arizona no matter what but i i just i just can't because uh, there's too many insurmountable um i will obstacles say this here. if you for the first time all year don't pick arizona and arizona wins you will never hear the end of it yeah but like this it'll is, be hilarious this is like a good luck charm right but in reality this is uh it's tough. They're just the Arizona doesn't have the personnel yet. We don't have the depth. Obviously, you were talking about consistency yeah, with I mean, coaching. We, we don't have the ability to have consistency with coaching yet because it's only year two. And these kids on Arizona's defense have been through more defensive coordinators in the last two years than the kids on Utah have been in their entire careers. Think about That's that. That's crazy. Like they just have continued at, at every offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, head coach. They know their coaches year in and year out. And we know how many coordinators, especially on the defensive side of the ball, head coaches, all that, that Arizona's been through. And, and it, you know, if you ask Jed Fish, Jed Fish adores the Utah program. That's one of the first thing he points is, why do you think Utah's so good? And he says, because the, the, the coaching staff is just the same guys every day. And, and eventually you learn what you want. And when you come in next year, you're not learning a new system at all. You know the system. You know the plays. And, and that is a huge advantage that you're not spending that time doing that. And you know exactly what you're getting from those coaches. Yep. Well, good luck, Arizona. Oh. And uh, it's a busy week next week, show. We got more football. We got basketball, two basketball games. 
a football game. We're getting crunk. We are. Do the kids still use those words? I don't know. I feel like it's kind of an old Krizunk. word. We're going to get fly, dog. <laughs> I don't know. Psych. Psych your mic. Um, also, it's just, there's one thing I was going to mention because I'm trying, we're trying to mention other sports, but I believe, I believe that Arizona women's soccer plays ASU. Um, I want to say it's this Friday. Yep. It's their Pac-12 finale against the Sun Devils at seven in Tempe. They've done a, Becca Moros has done a hell of a job. He's done a great job with the women's soccer program. So we wanted to give a shout out tonight. And um, Hope Heisey, the goalie coming back. By the way, I know this off the top of my head. You might be looking at your phone, but I know girls soccer. Hope Heisey coming back fifth year as the goaltender is a big deal. And Becca Moros seems to be having this program in the right direction. Hopefully they make the postseason. It's going to be close, but next year they should. They should be in good shape. Booyah. Boom, boom. Bang, bang. Also, when I walked to the car the other night at 9 p.m., the tennis team was practicing. Boom. Boom. Tennis. Scene. Jason loves soccer. Yeah. He played soccer as a child all the way almost to college. A lot skinnier and had knees back then. Yeah, we had an incident last Friday. Our dog got over the wall, and we all wound up chasing after her in the dark. Jason ran after her barefoot. Down the wash. I ran a fourth 440 that <laughs> night. There's nothing you can do. And, and then I wound up scrambling, like looking for shoes and trying to get everything to catch up with everyone. And we both have war wounds this week. Jason's knees messed up and I hurt my foot. So, you know, good times. So, with that being said. Bear down. Back the A. And, Peace and love. And Michael Luke only interrupted the podcast once. Yes. Adios. Since it's 400, uh, negative 400 degrees outside, I don't know. Okay. It feels like negative 400. Uh, what's your favorite winter drink, Shelby? My favorite winter drink? Um, I'm kind of a sucker for a peppermint mocha. Those are always good. I like the warm blood of my enemies. Even better. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.